And here we go. Um, it was truly a masterpiece. I don't know about all that. Ugh, absolutely the worst movie ever. Hands down, bar none, the greatest action spectacular ever. Well, uh, the other one just stuck them up. Are you asking me? I promise I'm not going to sing this time around. Welcome to the Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender. With me, as always, is Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other is don't be crazy, especially in the month of October where it's all spooky and weird and creepy and crawly and all sorts of nonsense. So, Zach, don't be crazy. Evil dies by 5 p.m. tonight. Because <laughs> if it goes any later, it's past our bedtime. Yeah, gotta get that early bird at the at the Sizzler. You gotta get the happy hour special. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I remember it wasn't too long ago where I was like, it was like 4.30. And I was like, fuck, I could totally eat dinner right now. <laughs> <laughs> it felt so old. <laughs> I, eat dinner, I eat dinner pretty early, depending on what it is. Like, I just had a, a nice veggie burrito um, before this, and that was at 5.00. But I don't know if I'm going to eat something later. I might if I get hungry, but who knows? It was, it was it a just pr- pretty hearty how, Yeah, it depends on how early you get up. And we both get up pretty early. So yeah. by the time 4 o'clock hits, it's like, fuck, I'm ready to just feast. <laughs> what, what time did you used to eat dinner when you were growing up? Eh, like between 6 and between 5 and, and 7, I would say. Usually around 6. Okay. I feel like 8 o'clock is too late for dinner. Eight but I know, I, I know some people that did 8 o'clock. If it's like a date or something and I worked till like five or six, then it makes more sense to go home and shower. And then, you know, the restaurant that you're eating at is never going to seat you in time. So it'll it'll be around eight. But for a a normal like at home dinner type thing, eight o'clock would be pushing it for me. That's like midnight snack territory. (laughs) (laughs) That's like second dinner. (laughs) Yeah. So you got to have bags of Cheetos on you. (laughs) Dude, I get snacky between the hours of like eight and nine. I'm just like, well, there's some Pringles over there, some some candy chocolates. I don't know, but I'm going to eat it. Especially working from home, I will will have breaks at work and I'm like, man, I just I want something to eat, but I don't know what I should have. And so I'll just go for like a healthy thing, like an apple. But I'm like, those chips sure do look good. Right. So, ugh, I don't know. Yeah, I see. I don't even take like I barely eat breakfast if I do at all. And then I'm so busy during the day that I don't really get my first food until like two or three. And by then it's like I'm spoiling my dinner. So like. I'll, I'll have what should be dinner, like, you know, tofu and rice or something. And then come like five or six, I'm like, fuck, I really want to eat, but I just <laughs> ate. How long has it been? And I start doing some math and I'm like, oh my God, it's only been two hours. I'm freaking starving. <laughs> yeah, I try to have, I try to have breakfast every morning, especially before I go to the gym and stuff like that. So yeah, good for you. I'll have a banana or something. Banana. Yeah, and I look both ways before I take a bite just to see if anybody's watching me eat said Whoa. banana. <laughs> you got a look, got a, got looking like, through your windows there. <laughs> anybody looking at me? You want to watch this? <laughs> I'll flex while I eat it. No big deal. Um, anyway, so uh, it is October, spooktober, as it were. We've been rocking and rolling through a bunch of scary movies. And I know you like to save a lot of scary movies for October just for your own personal viewing pleasure. Uh, are you sticking with that trend? Are you continuing to watch scary stuff? throughout the month totally yeah i finished up the treehouse of horror um simpsons and then i watched midnight mass i was on episode three i think last time we talked and i, I finished the last four episodes and it's very very good highly recommend it's 
And then I also watched The Thing, um, one of my favorites. So that was great. Nice. I almost watched The Thing over the weekend on Friday, but then I ended up uh, going with Squid Game because, uh, you know, we recorded a couple episodes ago, uh, but we recorded them in September. And mm-hmm. we were talking about it and it was still kind of new. <laughs> yeah. So then I realized as it was coming out, like the whole world's already watched this show. And I know. So, I'm so far behind. I so feel I like, like oh my God, I still haven't watched it yet. So I started it. I feel like I'm a year behind already. And, and I keep seeing all the memes and I'm like, just stop. But the embargo's lifted. It's that's that's my fault for waiting for so long. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, I'm, I plowed through. Each one's like an hour long, dude. It's not Jeez. even like a 40 minute show. It's each, excuse me, each episode is like 59 minutes. So it's a... It's a commitment and it's it's kind of hardcore because there's just a lot of death and sadness. Yeah. And so, you know, we all make bad choices and uh, there's some people that are terrible with money. And and as you're watching people just make one bad choice after another, you're just like, fuck, dude. Like, what's the Adam <laughs> Sandler movie where he's like a. Yeah, like uh, a uncut gems. gambler. Yeah. Oh my god. I can't stand it. Whew. So you know how you know. just make so many bad choices in I can't that movie. Stand it. Yeah. It's a lot of that. <laughs> but it's you're like, reading bad choices because it's all subtitled. It's so much anxiety, and I'm just oh my god. I'm like, stop doing that. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of that, and then uh, just plowing through Squid Game, and uh, it's not Squid Game. Uh, plowing through Seinfeld. I apologize. Nice. Uh, so that was my my break from Squid Game is laughing with Seinfeld and I can't stop watching. I've watched like two seasons over the weekend alone. <laughs> Very nice. Maybe I'll jump on that bandwagon too. Oh my God. I love it so much. And I, I know every episode by heart. It's like the office where I just seen it a thousand times. So it's just kind of like a comfort food at mm-hmm. this point, but it's so funny. And like the physical comedy between like with George is just like my favorite thing. In the world. <laughs> he's, he's so terrible when he gets mad and angry. His body language just cracks me up. I love it. Whenever I go swimming, I'm like, I was in the pool. <laughs> yeah. And I like Jerry's yelling voice where he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, they all have their little things. But yeah, yeah. Seinfeld's good. Seinfeld full. Yeah, love it. Love it, love it, love it. So we're actually doing a new movie, which which doesn't happen too often. We've done it a few times on this show. Uh, but we are going to be doing, uh, taking a stab, as it were, at Halloween <laughs> Kills. Nice. Like that? that was funny, right? <laughs> I just thought of that. I'm mm-hmm. fast. Uh, quick on the draw, <laughs> as it were. Uh, from 2021, this movie just came out this last week. As we record this episode, uh, it has been available for four days. And it was streaming both on Peacock as well as in the theater. So if you went to the cinema for uh, an immersive experience, I hope you enjoyed it. Because uh, I am curious where your opinion lies if you are a theater goer or an in-home viewer curious if it had an impact on your viewing experience uh the film was directed by david gordon green who you might know from pineapple express your highness and halloween 2018 he of course is doing this whole trilogy um also written by david gordon green scott teams and danny mcbride whom the two have worked together quite a bit actually uh you know danny mcbride was in pineapple express he was in your highness uh he did do that vice principal show he did righteous gemstones as well uh, so these two have quite the rapport, as it were. I don't know if you knew that, but now you do. Uh, the cast includes Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, Andy Matichak, Will Patton. And I know that all of you have seen Will Patton a thousand times, but his name probably means nothing to you, which is sad because he's just one of those character actors where you just see him a thousand times, but you never know his name, but it's Will Patton. Uh, you also have Anthony Michael Hall, 
James Jude Courtney, and of course the legendary Nick Castle. Critical reception. Are you ready? Have you seen this? You heard about this? <laughs> uh, the critics don't like this movie. Thirty-nine percent on the old tomato meter there, and the audience though is seventy-one percent. So fans are enjoying it. The critics, not so much. They hate it. They say, "Get out." <laughs> Uh, let's see here. We have Roxana from Fox 10 Phoenix says a repetitive blood soaked slog. Halloween kills offers a few ingeniously gross moments, but otherwise it's more mind numbing than hair raising. Wow. Oliver Jones kind of feels the same way. He's from the observer. Uh, he says a film that is so com- a film that so completely sucks the vitality out of John Carpenter's <laughs> and Deborah Hill's original vision that one would be tempted to call it a desecration if that didn't make it sound like more fun than it actually is. <laughs> Yikes. He gives it a 0.5 out of 4. <laughs> wow. This guy's speaking my language here. <laughs> Yikes. Um, so, positive reviews. Um... Tim Cogshell from Film Week says it's entertaining, although sometimes in a way it's not meant to be. Which that that can be said with a lot of movies that are terrible, but you enjoy regardless. Um, and then you have T.T. Uh, T. Stern Ezzy says, I recommend it. But if you're trying to do it, see the Carpenter film first so that you're living in that world a bit. If you do, I think it's worth it. And he says that because uh, basically this is the 12th film, but you can pretty much forget everything that you've seen between, uh, you know, there's the original from 1978 or whatever. And then you can skip two through 10, basically. (laughs) And then then start with the 2018 remake and go from there. So it does make sense to watch the original prior to watching the 2018 version. And then, of course, Halloween Kills. But uh, moving on, the budget was estimated $20 million, which is pretty low uh, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, considering this weekend, it made $52 million, Wow. Which is pretty impressive. That's good. It's, yeah, considering it was both uh, in theaters and available on Peacock for yeah, subscribers. That's really good. And at the time of this recording, it's at $57.5 million worldwide. Right on. Successful film. Yes. So uh, the masks are the three corpses, or the, I'm sorry, the masks that the three corpses are wearing on the merry-go-round are the silver shamrock masks from Halloween 3 Season of the Witch from 1982, a movie that is a sequel in name only since it follows a separate continuity without Michael Myers. And I knew that when I saw those. I was like, oh, I think those are the silver shamrock masks. Right on, though. You got a witch, you got a pumpkin, and you got a ghost or something like that. Maybe a skeleton. According to Annie, it's a lion, a witch, and a wardrobe. <clears throat> no, yeah, according to, a Andy, <laughs> to Andy Matichak, it was initially planned that Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends in 2022 would be filmed back to back. This did not occur due to an intense schedule. Definitely would have benefited from a back to back. I agree. Uh, just completely. in that, if it was like a Matrix sort of release where. You got one, and then a couple months later, you got the next one. (laughs) That would be cool. Yeah, Yeah. that would be really cool. Like a summer and then a a Halloween release. That would have worked out pretty well. That would have been sweet. Halloween 2018 was released 40 years after Halloween 1978. Halloween Kills 2021 was released 40 years after Halloween 2, 1981. And Halloween Ends 2022 is set to be released 40 years after Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. 
Okay. 12 pumpkins are featured in the opening title sequence with the last one indicating Halloween kills as the 12th installment in the Halloween franchise. Early in the movie, the wagon stolen by Michael Myers from Dr. Loomis and Nurse Marion Chambers at the Smith Grove Sanitarium can be seen parked behind Young Hawkins and Pete McCabe during one of the flashback sequences to 1978. I did not notice that. I didn't either. I thought it was pretty cool. (laughs) That's really cool. And then finally, in the flashback scene, Michael attacks the deputy with a rope, which is one of the items Sheriff Brackett mentioned that was stolen in a hardware store in the original Halloween. Oh, that's fun. That's I, cool, right? I dig that quite a bit. Yeah. They, if anything, they did a really good job of callbacks in this movie. Um, oh, yeah. 100%. It, in fact, I encourage yeah. everyone to just check out the trivia for this movie because uh, I had to leave a lot out for, for time. But totally. there's so many callbacks to to all of the films, not just the first one, but several. So definitely check it out when you get a chance. When I was watching it, I was like, Lonnie. I'm like, is this a made up character? But then I was like, oh, no, it's when Loomis is like, Lonnie, get your ass out of here. <laughs> like when he's mm-hmm. in the bushes in the original Halloween. And so I was like, oh, that's neat. So, yeah, they did a really good job of of incorporating, you know, the old with the new. Um, sometimes it felt a little too fanfare where it was just like, you know, fan service. But um, I like that they just kind of threw it in there. I think I think it's just neat. So. All right. So here is a spoiler synopsis. If you have not seen Halloween Kills, turn off the podcast. So on October 31st, 2018, after being stabbed and left to die by Dr. Ranbeer Sartain, Deputy Frank Hawkins is found by Cameron Elam, who tends to his wounds. Hawkins awakens and remembers the events of 40 years earlier during the search for Michael Myers following his escape after being shot. Hawkins accidentally kills his partner trying to save him from Michael in the Myers house before preventing Michael's original psychiatrist, Dr. Sam Loomis, from killing his patient outside, resolving to kill him in the present. Meanwhile, Tommy Doyle is at a local bar celebrating the 40th anniversary of Michael's arrest, imprisonment, and to commemorate the memory of his victims, along with the fellow survivors, Marion Chambers, Lindsay Wallace, and Cameron's father, Lonnie Elam who briefly encounter Michael in 1978 before toasting Laurie Strode. A group of firefighters responds to Laurie's burning house and unwittingly free Michael, who massacres them with their own equipment. Laurie, Karen, and Allison arrive at Haddonfield Memorial Hospital, where Laurie undergoes emergency surgery. Michael murders Laurie's neighbors, Sandra and Phil, before making his way deeper into Haddonfield. An emergency newscast of the killings alerts Tommy, Marion, Lindsay, and Lonnie of Michael's escape before bar patron Vanessa supposedly encounters Michael in the backseat of her car. Tommy and a group of people head outside to confront him as the car drives away and crashes. The driver, whom they falsely believe to be Myers, escapes unnoticed. While Lonnie heads off to pick up Cameron, Tommy forms a mob of vengeful, vengeful Haddonfield citizens to hunt down and kill Michael before he can kill anyone else. The police inform Karen and Allison that Michael escaped and is still alive. Karen decides to withhold the information from Lori to allow her to recover while Allison reconciles with Cameron and joins him along with his father and the others to hunt down Michael and avenge her own father's death. Lori and Hawkins now now share in a hospital room, both awaken and reminisce about their former relationship. Lindsay, Marion, Vanessa, and her husband Marcus are ambushed by Michael while warning Haddonfield residents to stay inside. All of them are killed except for Lindsay, who barely manages to escape and hide from Michael. Allison, Cameron, Tommy, and Lonnie arrive at the scene, discovering the bodies of the others on a playground before finding Lindsay traumatized and injured but alive. While Tommy takes Lindsay to the hospital, Lonnie, Cameron, and Allison map out the path that Michael is taking based on where his victims are located. They deduce that he is heading towards his childhood home. 
Tommy reunites with former Haddonfield Sheriff Lee Brackett, whose daughter Annie was killed by Michael in 1978, and then informs Lori of Michael's survival. Across town, Michael murders the current owners of his former home, Big John and Little John, as Lori prepares to leave the hospital to have her final confrontation with him. The driver of Vanessa's car, Lance Tavoli, who is a fellow patient of Smith's Grove alongside Michael and escaped the bus crash, uh, arrives at the hospital. Tommy and his mom mistake Lance for Michael and pursue him through the hospital. Karen manages to reach Lance and realizes he isn't Michael. Despite Karen's attempts to calm the mob and help Lance, he jumps out a window to his death. Brackett grows concerned that the mob is turning into monsters from their fear and panic, while Lori, who was injured during the chase, urges Karen to work with Tommy and hunt down Michael. Back at the Myers house, Lonnie arms himself and heads in alone until Allison and Cameron hear gunshots and rush inside to help him. They discover Big John, Little John, and Lonnie's bodies before being attacked by Michael. In the ensuing fight, Allison breaks her leg while Cameron is brutally beaten by Michael before having his neck snapped. As Michael prepares to kill Allison, Karen stabs him in the back with a pitchfork, steals his mask, and taunts him to follow her. Karen lures Michael into the path of Tommy's mob. Michael recovers his mask before being attacked and seemingly killed by the mob. As Karen leaves to reunite with Allison, Brackett prepares to shoot Michael in the head. Michael recovers and manages to slaughter the entire mob, including Brackett and Tommy. Back at the Myers house, as Allison receives medical attention, Karen sees a young Michael looking out the bedroom window and investigates. Michael appears and stabs her to death. Lori stares out her hospital room window while Michael stares out his window. That is Halloween Kills. All right, so you watched Halloween Kills opening weekend on Peacock. Do you believe watching the film from home had a positive or negative impact on your viewing experience? I'm not really sure. Um, I think it did. Uh, It might have been better watching it in theaters because, you know, it's dark. uh, You get the other people's visceral reactions and... I think that that might have helped, but I, I don't I don't really know. I'm it's it's one of these movies that I'm actually glad that I watched at home because I felt like I would have wasted money <laughs> going to see <laughs> in theaters. So there's there's a pro and a con to it because um, sure. I, I, I didn't like it, Justin. Um, and it's it's a bummer. It's 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 not a garbage film. I just did not like it um, and I did not think it was very good. So uh, I, I wonder if it would be different to see it in, in theaters at night, you know, being hyped know, up and man. stuff. So because yeah. Alex was like, the dialogue is terrible. It's like so that. fucking bad. <laughs> the acting is horrible. The dialogue is horrible. It uh, the story's all over the place. It, it, it's such a messy film and it really distracted me. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that she said that because that's right. Like some of the shit that they say, I'm like, what? It's like a six-year-old my, wrote it. <laughs> my favorite line is when the firemen show up and they they run through the door, and one guy goes like, "We got a fire in here." <laughs> <laughs> no oh, shit, man. Sherlock. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, Captain Obvious of the fire department, give that man a medal." My You're going places. You're the I next hate, Lenny Bruce. I did not like the little John, Big John thing because um, I just kept <laughs> yeah. thinking of Stuart the entire time. Like, yeah, no. look what I can do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when he, but when he's like, "You've come home, Michael," I was like, "Get the fuck out of here! You're about to get killed." Like, obviously, we know that he just came home. Like, ugh, there were so many weird choices in this movie, and I couldn't stand it. And and what's his name? Anthony Michael Hall, who's typically okay in things, was was awful in this film. He just was sweating all over the place. He was overdramatic. Um, 
I didn't know what was going on. Jamie Lee Curtis, kind of the same thing. She's typically good and stuff, but I, I wasn't she was, sold on anything she, was she like, did. Yeah, she was like theater acting. Like she was so over the top, <laughs> so like, over the top. Everything. Like, remember, like when she knees that 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 doctor or whatever, and like rips her stitches mm-hmm. and just makes like this face. I was like, dude, like total like Obi Wan Kenobi. You'd have done that yourself. <laughs> like I'm just like cracking up and. So I thought I thought in like when she's in the car, she's like, no, let it burn. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, calm down, lady. Yeah, it was really, really interesting. And I, I, I could not get behind it. And it really bummed me out because I think, you know, her and Will Patton's scene, which should have been a touching moment, like her and Frank, mm-hmm. it felt so out of left field. And I just I wasn't invested. And I wanted so badly to like this movie. I tried and I tried so hard. And I mean, I didn't have distractions while I was watching it. I had my phone, you know, not off, but away. Um, mm-hmm. I had all the lights off in my house and I'm, I'm watching it. And I just, I could not get into it halfway through the film. I'm like, fuck, is this over yet? It just it wasn't working for me. So I'm wondering if the theater might've made it a little different for me, but I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. And so like, you know, another thing that I noticed too, is that in the 2018 movie, Excuse me, Laurie Strode was kind of like a crazy old hermit, right? Like she was kind of a weirdo. Whereas in this one, it was almost as if only her family looked at her that way and the rest of the town respects her. Right. So it's almost like they did a tonal shift after the fact. Yeah, that was that was we had no experience with these people in the first film. So we didn't know that they they all respected her and, you know, appreciate her as as a victim of Michael Myers. Whereas in this one you know, their survival is celebrated instead right. of looked down on like it was in, in the 2018 version. So also, I'm curious ha- if they yeah. made that change post or if they knew that the whole time. Haddonfield seems like the smallest or the biggest small town ever. Like everyone right. knows like each Reno. other. <laughs> yeah, but it's <laughs> the biggest it, little city in the world. Yeah, they have a huge fire department. They have a huge police force. And like, it, it's weird. Everybody, everybody knows each other. So I don't know what kind of town this is. I guess I'm mm-hmm. just kind of confused. Yeah. All right. So this film is smack dab in the middle of a trilogy. Are you are you cool with a cliffhanger or would you prefer some sort of closure like Two Towers where there was this ending, but it was all part of a bigger picture? Like the battle for Helm's Deep is over. The battle for Middle Earth is about to begin. Whereas this movie was, you know, straight up psycho. Ying, 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 ying credits. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's what I think that's what bugged me the most is. A lot of the hardcore fans of Halloween, and I mean, I'm a hardcore fan of Halloween. It's one of the first horror films that I ever really got into. When I was on the Geek Garage podcast last night, we were talking about that. And the, the one particular film that I saw that got me into horror movies was actually Halloween H2O. Um, I was too scared to watch it. I was at a friend's birthday party and all my friends were watching it. And I like ran out of the room and started crying. And I made friends with my buddy's mom. And she she gave me a very heartfelt Stacey's story mom? when she was a, a little girl and she was watching the movie Carrie with her sisters and she did the same thing. She cried and ran out of the room and it made me feel better. So then I went back in the room later and I saw the final like 15 or 20 minutes of Halloween H2O and I was hooked. I was like, whoa, this is awesome. So Halloween holds a special place in my heart, but everything I've been reading online from some of the people are like, don't listen to the critics. Like this movie is amazing. This is exactly what we needed as Halloween fans. And I'm like, are you fucking high? I, I, I don't get it. So I think some people are really just putting their foot down on it. And look, it's subjective. Absolutely. Like if you love it, then a hundred percent, I'm never going to tell you you're wrong. But for me, I'm like, I guess I just didn't see the same kind of movie. So the idea of, yeah, but it's a, 
it's a middle part of uh, of a trilogy is kind of a cop out because you just gave a great example and it might be an anomaly in the sense of like Lord of the, the Lord of the Rings is amazing and the two towers could be a self-contained film but it's 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 difficult to to really say I, I just feel like this one was all over the pace all over the place the pacing was was awful um and it just had way too much going on and and they went for a Jason Voorhees style, Terminator style, just killing machine. And I know that Michael Myers is like that, but it got to a point when it was kind of like, Jesus, man, just give me give me some more scary stuff. Because I never once had a tense moment while watching this film. I was just like, okay, whatever. Rinse and repeat. He's going to break into someone's house. They're going to get killed in a really cool way. Rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just trying to think of other trilogies like even empire strikes back you know it ends sort of on a cliffhanger because han is taken away but they they regroup you know and they're back with the fleet and they're gonna figure shit out you know it's it isn't just like cut to black kind of thing like matrix reloaded you know fucking neo passes out or whatever and it's yeah like credits you're like oh shit yeah and then you know back to the future same thing part two uh, they they destroy the almanac, which was the goal, but then he's stuck back in 1955, and Doc is in 1885, and then you know that was shot back to back, so you didn't have to wait long for the next one. Mm-hmm. You're just like, well, okay, we're gonna yeah. continue this journey. So it is tricky with trilogies when there's a middle a middle movie, but I do also prefer some sort of closure. Like they thought they stopped Michael. They went home to to go eat their fucking bonbons and then his body <laughs> rises up or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to where they would have thought that they won versus the ending that we got. I think that's a right. little bit tricky. And then the, the next one, Halloween ends, I believe, is like a four year time jump. What? Yeah, I think I read that. It's going to have a four year time jump. Really? Yeah, that seems that's exactly why it, this it is could have had an easier ending. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, man. Yeah. OK, cool. I didn't like how they killed Judy Greer. It just kind of was like, OK, I mean, her, her arc was fun in the first one when she's like, I can't do it, you know, and then she's like, gotcha and shoots yeah. him. But then, you know, Michael just is supernatural and don't even get me started on the rules thing. You know, I already know your rant about Freddy, Freddy's rules and the thing about Michael getting shot 1900 times and stabbed. And then he's like, oh, hey, I'm just OK. This is bullshit. They're making him supernatural and I, I don't like it. OK, so let's just skip to my we'll come back to question number three. But question okay. four was, is Michael Myers human or has he crossed over into something else? Oh, boy, this is what bugs me, Justin, is is I think the simplicity of Halloween one and even Halloween two is that Michael is human. Um, he's, he's not, not a machine. He's, he's not a, a machine. Yeah, <laughs> like Rocky Four. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's I not taking he's not taking steroids. He's not Ivan Drago. But in Jason Voorhees one through four, the coolest things about those. And we talked about that, like on Friday, the 13th, part three is when he gets cut or stabbed, you can hear him groan. And so you do have a chance to kind of survive. <laughs> gonna need some ointment. Man. Yeah. I need some, some pitchfork ointment, some machete ointment. <laughs> <laughs> but with, uh, with, you know, once it gets towards, um, six through like 12 for, for, for or six through 10 through Friday, the 13th. I mean, yeah, he's a crazy killing machine who has been reincarnated by lightning. So all bets are off at that point. Freddy Krueger's different, you know, cause he's in dreams, but again, not to beat a, a dead horse, but with the idea of there are no rules for Freddy Krueger, it's, it's, it's asinine. And so I think with Michael Myers, 
he's a human through and through. Like, yeah, he's he's crazy and psychotic and scary, but bullets should affect him. And so should getting stabbed and like by a pitchfork and all these things. And I just I don't get it. It, it, it pisses me off. Right. So, um, you know, my, my follow up, if you didn't answer it to my liking, was going to be, you know, do you want him to be just a man that can be killed or do you want him to be some unstoppable evil force? So I do want him to be a man because uh, the rules of, of, of horror <laughs> films, I, I, I think it's important to have that to be to be grounded, because otherwise this movie is going to be just completely out of left field. But one thing I will say, because it's in the title, Halloween Kills, is he did have some really fun uh, kills in this film. Like there were some pretty gruesome deaths and, uh, you know, the body count was up there. So it's understandable why he went ham. Like the firefighter scene was awesome when he just Mm -hmm. completely John Wicks everyone. That was really cool. But it's kind of problematic because I like my Michael Myers to be hiding in bushes. You turn your head, you look the other way and he's gone. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? Um, it's, it's just a little more realistic and grounded because that can happen to anybody in the real world. If we shoot someone 19 times or 1900 times or whatever, they're going to probably die. So Unless you're 50 cent. Yeah, there you go. Then you get richer. You die trying. So, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I think that was one of my biggest hangups, man. I was, I was starting to get real pissed off at the end. I go, so then how do they win? Do you have to cut his head off or is he just going to hold his head up and chase you that way? Like Ichabod Crane. I mean, how does this work? <laughs> right. So one of my favorite shots is when it's near the beginning when he goes into that couple's home and there's like, there's a mass man, a monster in the bathroom kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And when he punches the light, I freeze framed it. And I just sent you a photo of it. I, I took a screenshot because this is a very telling photo because it was one of my favorite shots is when the light breaks and you see his reflection in the mirror. But he also has a bottle of hydrogen peroxide built over. Oh. There's bandages, there's bloody towels. Wow. Uh, like he's trying to do a patch job. So that was sort of the 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 affirmation that I needed. You know, there's this confirmation that he is a man. He is seeking medical attention. That then that's like what the fuck then? How how does he this makes me mad. <laughs> I know, right? This is it's, awesome. It's... I'm I'm glad you were able to find this because I I thought that was a really cool scene. Not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I, I really enjoyed that because that was scary as hell. I was like, nope, 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 nope. Lock the door and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. But I did not see the bandages and the hydrogen peroxide. You, you wouldn't. It's it's a millisecond. It yeah. took me a hundred times to pause this <laughs> in the right spot. And I'm just like, because when it happened, I was like, whoa, that was fucking cool. Wow. But then I wanted to just kind of pause that shot, and then I see fucking hydrogen peroxide. I see gauze. <laughs> I see fucking bloody towels. There's bandages. Band-Aids. There's all kinds of shit. I, so that's what I mean. I mean, like, how does this make any sense at all? He got stabbed with a pitchfork. He got stabbed in the back with a knife. He got beat with baseball bats and hockey sticks and whatever else. He got shot like four times in the chest. One lady had an iron. Did you see that? No. One lady has a cord <laughs> of an iron coiled into her hand, and then she's got a, the, her palm wrapped around the handle of the iron. Oh, boy. Make his shirts be straight I, I just don't get it it's it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me there's just so much shit happening and so no person can ever take this and and the fact that he has a couple band-aids on and with some hydrogen peroxide i'm sorry <laughs> right that's not the remedy there <laughs> so they keep talking about him going and we're, we're deviating from the questions but that's okay because this is important uh they make it all about him returning home so i just kind of equate it back to like freeze tag or something where you got to get to base to be safe and like, what if when he goes home, there is some sort of 
if for the sake of argument, there is some sort of healing, spiritual healing process that happens and, and, it, and it's his source of, of evil power or whatever. Because uh, two things have to happen. One, he put the mask back on because that, like, we only got the beat down. He needs his mask. It's who he is. So you could even argue that maybe it's the mask that gives him power to some degree. Uh, so maybe destroying the mask or destroying the home, whether it be uh, a complete fire or bulldozing it or whatever. But it, as long as one of those two exists, I think that then you always have your Michael Myers from, from I mean, a narrative standpoint. Yeah. I think that's how they're going to play it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good theory that, that that could totally play out. I mean, there was such an emphasis on the Myers house. And um, I, I did kind of like how they deviated from the whole brother thing, like in 2018, when they were like, no, that was just a legend, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in this movie, they find out, well, he was actually brought by Dr. Sartain. That's why Michael's Michael was he came to Lori. And I'm like, oh, uh, I, I mean, I could I could see that. That makes a little more sense. And then they kind of plot it out like, oh, he's going this way. It's very much like falling down. So <laughs> we <laughs> can see I, where he's going. Right. And I also like the reflection, like the, yeah. the, the part when they say, well, you know, talking about looking out on the city and, and, and all the carnage. And it's like, well, what if he's actually just looking at staring back at himself, like the, the reflection in the, in the window, looking back at who he is and, you know, soul searching in a way, I don't know, but I, I did like that dynamic. I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I enjoyed it. I liked what they were going with, but uh-huh. I think, like I said before, this story was all over the place. And um, a lot of the the hardcore Halloween fans were really, you know, like, oh, whatever. This went back to the roots of just being a slasher film, which is what I wanted. You know, I don't need this this crazy backstory and and whatever else going on. I'm like, well, then you can't start using that as as something like a social like a meta commentary for mob Mm -hmm. mentality or for reflections, because you can't have both. You need to you need to try to pick something and then have a good balance, I guess, for for like the amount of gruesome kills and story not making any sense. So I don't know. Um, I did like wh- what they were trying to go with, but I think everything else had already burned burned it for me at that point. Right. OK, so uh, you mentioned a few callbacks in the original films and trivia section. Um, now, there are actually tons to be found in this movie. Uh, you mentioned that you caught the mask. Uh, was there anything else that you saw during your first viewing? Um, like I said, the Lonnie thing earlier oh, was, right, right. I forgot about the was one of them um, because I was like, who is this guy? And also that guy's great. I forgot his name, but he is in Midnight Mass and he play he does a, a very similar role. Um, I like him a lot. He's a good actor. But um, from the aside from their characters, you know, that was interesting. Um, I really liked the opening. I thought the opening was so cool how it, it just it seemed like it was filmed in the 70s, had that kind of filter to it. It was fun to kind of see how he actually was kidnapped i loved how they used uh, like a donald loomis or, or i'm like i'm sorry a donald pleasance and um i don't know if what how that was if that was like a deep fake thing or or yeah they think they used a whole nother man to be wow <laughs> cool yeah. larry the man is here yeah <laughs> um so that was that was neat i really enjoyed all of that um tom jones jr played dr samuel lewis like it's not unusual to be loved by anyone. No, Tom Jones? <laughs> that's a different Jones. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, oh man, there's got to be other ones in there too. So I did. I like the whole Frank thing. I don't know if that was really touched on. Um, bracket having Bracket called back was probably my favorite, just because that was so interesting. Because as soon as I saw him as a security guard, I, I was like, oh my god, it's Bracket. It's Annie's dad. Right. Uh, like you said, when we read the trivia, the rope thing. That's really neat. I was uh, I was very happy with that idea. Um, 
I think I'd have to watch it again just for the Easter eggs because actually that screenshot you sent me intrigues me more to to like watch it again just to pick up on little things because that was pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. So. I almost shared it on on social media, but I, did, I thought it was too soon. I didn't want to spoil anything. True. And so I was like, uh, I'm talking about, you know, people ruining things all the time. So I didn't want to be a part of the problem. <laughs> so but it is a really cool <laughs> shot. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, that's that's um, that's, that's down the rabbit hole shit right there. <laughs> that's actually pretty incredible. And that might that might change my tune a little bit on this on this movie. But um, I, I did. I did enjoy that. The second film, so this film, which is essentially a reboot, redux, (laughs) redo of the other ones, takes place in a hospital just like Halloween Mm 2. So I thought that that was kind of neat that there was something going on with that. Um, There's just other callbacks to, you know, having Nick Castle play the shape again. I think that is really neat and showing that he has a beard and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'd have to I'd have to probably check. Yeah, you know, what's interesting is in my entire existence i don't think i ever noticed a credit of being the shape you know it's always just michael myers to me so i I don't think i ever realized that that's how he's billed in the movie yeah they just called him the shape when they were making it it was always just that thing um i don't know why they did all right then uh so evil dies tonight as the townsfolk say uh there aren't too many horror movies where the entire town is involved in tracking down a killer uh safety in numbers as it were however in halloween kills the townsfolk uh, weren't all that smart so many uh bad decisions were made and their carelessness led to a loss of life uh given the current state of our country do you do you think the townsfolk were accurately portrayed in this film like just being crazy batshit crazy and not making any sense uh, and i only ask because Production actually ended pre-pandemic, uh, yet I can't help but be reminded of the stupidity on on a daily basis. <laughs> so I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely some January 6 vibes right there um, uh, with the riots and everything, or the, the riots, with the insurrection. And it's it's fascinating because, I mean, we've talked about on this podcast, too, that, that humans can be the worst. So I thought that that was pretty on the nose. Um, I did enjoy aspects of the mob, like the idea of what they were going with because the whole that's Michael Myers. But then Lori's like, no, 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 it's not. But it's it's just that falsely accusing. And it's it's once you once someone latches onto something, especially in a group setting like that, people just run with it. Like think mm-hmm. of any viral viral video we have now. If people don't have the entire picture, they immediately jump and start accusing people. And that can be pr- pretty problematic. So I thought that I was interesting. It was a little too jarring for me, though, as in terms of the film, because there I couldn't pay attention to anything. It was just all over the place. And this film never really gave you a moment to try to focus on other stuff. It just was it was weird, which, um, which I yeah. think was intentional, Zach, only because they're also scared and there's a killer yeah. right outside and, and right. it's just pandemonium. And I think that that was an artistic choice to make it be jarring like you were, you know, wrapped up in the carnage of what's going on and and the fear and and not having an an understanding or your wits about you for that matter. So I I do think that that was a a choice. It's just hard to watch as a viewer. You know, it's one thing if you're mixed up in it and trying to retell it and and talk about how crazy it was if you were there. Whereas when you're watching it, you're just like, what is going on with all these people? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Have you tried sucking less? Because right now you're sucking pretty hard right now. And they they did, you know, Laurie was talking about like Michael wins. He he's created these monsters out of us. And and I'm like, okay, cool, I get it. That's the message. Like, but you didn't have to be so on the nose about it. It's 
it just it, it seemed a little weird because I think it was such a tonal shift from the first one where it's just Michael's coming to town. This is scary as hell. Why can't we get something like that? Why do we have to get such a large scale like this and include these side characters just for nostalgia's sake of you, you got to have your Tommy and your and your um, Lonnie's and then your Marion's and, and your Lindsay's in there. And it just seems so out of place and it seems so pointless. It's just like, hey, don't forget these people. So I don't know. They didn't they didn't enhance the story at all for me. Tommy mm. kind of did, but he just he was a bumbling buffoon. What's he going to do with old Huckleberry swing a bat and get his throat cut? Like, I mean, have you, <laughs> he ain't doing have you shit. seen signs? I've seen weird science. I've seen weird science and he's in that. (laughs) You can hit aliens. Yeah. Swing away. (laughs) Yeah. My gosh. So what are your thoughts on, on, on retroactive continuity where, where in this case, the only canon that we need to concern ourselves with is the original 1978 Halloween. And then this new trilogy of films, Halloween 2018, Halloween kills and Halloween ends. Like, Like, did the studio make the right call and hitting the reset button? Um, I don't know. Twelve it's hard. films, Zach. 12 I know. Films. That's why I said it's like a reboot, remake, redux. <laughs> Teddy P. Um, it's woo! it's woo. It's very. It's hard for me to say, and because I actually like. I mean, there's merit in the Rob Zombie ones. There's merit in Halloween H two O, um, and in Halloween two, and even you know four, three, four, and five. So. I, I think it's interesting and, and it, it's cool that they can do this, but I don't want it to become a trend where they start uh, retroactively retconning. I should just say um, the like other horror franchises. Um, I don't really want that to happen, but you know, I love remakes for, for, for horror films. And I think they're the easiest to remake, I should say, or the, the most um, accessible. And so I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, cause it all comes down to dollar signs. Like what Halloween 2018 was like the highest grossing horror film of all time or something like that. Wasn't it? Uh, I think it has that. Oh, title, I thought like Halloween 2018 crushed Halloween, it for something. Halloween did really well. I think. Yeah. Hold it's on, just, let's it's just nice to see, you know, them stick back to the roots. And that's why I really liked Halloween 2018. I, I was nervous, man. There were parts like the whole teeth thing. Um, and then just him uh, going around. He grabs a hammer and beats that. He kills that lady off screen, then grabs a knife and he goes between house to house. Like there was so much more tension in that film. And I was like, holy shit. So I loved Halloween 2018. Right. No, it's good. So Halloween 2018 grossed 255 million worldwide. Woo. Uh it 2017 grossed 701 million. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a tough one to beat, dude. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And then that, that cost them 35 million to make it. It. Yeah. Wow. So 15 more million to make than this last movie that we just watched, but uh, shattered. Jeez, man. Huh? It was 328 million in the United States and then 701 million worldwide. That's a beast. Yeah. I've, I know Halloween 2018 won some sort of award, like best Halloween opening or something yeah, like best, that. Best Stabby McStabby pants. Yeah. Movie. Something. Yeah. And it was good. It was fun. I liked the 2018. I'm, I'm with you. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, not a lot of people die in that movie. It's, um, yeah. And just like in the first one, I mean, it was like four people that get killed in the first movie. It's not, not very much. No. Um, yeah. And it's, it's more the, the nail biting suspense that gets you. And so this one, in true sequel fashion, up the the kill count. It's like that's one of the rules, right? You got to <laughs> yeah. double the body count, and, that's true. and they do that, and so it makes sense. Um, 
but uh, I did think it was it was interesting. But but I do think that I'm okay with with a a reboot or a resetting. I mean, you said it was forty when 2018 came out. It was 40 years after the release of the original film, and now we're at 40 years of the after the sequel, and that's a long time to be it's making a really franchise. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I do think it's fair in this case when you're spanning across the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and now and then 2010s, and now 2020s. I mean, that's that's six decades of movies, man. <laughs> and so I think that it's okay. And in, in, in this case, especially when you have so many original people involved, um, I think it's a it's a good deal, especially with Laurie Strode. I think mm-hmm. that that's kind of cool. Um, Scream is a little bit different because you know, we have the new one coming out in, I think January of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's also scream four was 10 years after screen three. And then this is now 11 years after scream four. Jeez. So they, they have these long gaps in between sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, still the core three are involved. Um, and so that, that's exciting, I think, but it is rare uh, to have something like this. I mean, so I'm, I'm I'm okay with it. I think it's I think it's a cool a cool thing to do, and I'm here for it. I mean, I know that this one didn't really uh, hit the mark per se, but I like what they're doing with it. And I know that the middle part of a trilogy is always tricky, but I think that there were so many you know missed opportunities, totally. which uh, we can get into here in a second. But um, you know, back to back to the mob rule mentality. You know, how sad was that poor guy being hunted down? When he when he was so scared and all alone in the hospital, I broke my heart, dude. I was he looked like a little Peter Pettigrew, and he was just all like, <laughs> so sad. Yeah. And you know, all he wanted was help, and it cost him his life because because of those they took our jobs, town folk. <laughs> and uh, you know, mob rule is very real. And have you ever witnessed it in person? Um, I mean, not necessarily in any setting like that. And yeah, I was also the same way. I was really upset because I would have rather them just not have him in the film because that really was was hard when he's wanting help. And these people are. Yeah. And then they have to show his death. I think that was just a lot. So I I think that that was an interesting choice by by David Gordon Green. Um, I've never really witnessed it per se other than like on TV, but um, I did witness, you know, like people striking uh, for for labor strikes um, when I don't think they had all the facts for for what needed to go on. But people just completely shift who they are where because I used to work grocery and retail and stuff. And I as a as a union worker for that, um, you know, you have to go on strike when you're in that union. And it's you just see these people that you thought you knew just kind of rear their ugly heads when you're like a, a non-exempt manager or when you're an exempt manager, you know, you you see these people turn on you just like that. And it's, it's, it's so interesting. Um, I I never saw anybody get hurt, but I guess at the end of the day, it's just hard to really trust people. (laughs) So certain people. So I I don't know. And especially in a a big setting like that, when you get riled up, it's like uh, the mob mentality theory where, you know, whoever casts the first stone, everyone else starts throwing more. So it's just, it's very, very terrifying. How far can you throw a stone? Really far. Like, can you skip a stone on a lake? I can skip a stone on a lake seven times. That's my record. <laughs> That's seven my times. How many skips do you get on 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 the average basis? How many skips do you think you can get out of a out of a palm sized rock? Are we talking ocean? Are we talking lake? Are we talking river? Are we, we talking, talking stream? the stillest lake on the planet, one where it is like glass and you can Ooh. see your reflection. You can see Jason Voorhees looking down at you from behind you. <laughs> 
and apparently Michael Myers, because there are no rules. Um, I, I can probably skip it more than seven times. It, it depends wow. on if I can find a real flat rock. I get down low and I throw it kind of sidearm and just really get the rhythm. I need some practice throws. But yeah, I've uh, I've done some good stuff. Like uh, when we used to camp growing up, you know, if you try to skip it all the way across the lake, especially if the lake is kind of small, that's always fun. And then you hit the other side and take someone out. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you got I'm good for, for two skips, maybe three on a good day. <laughs> got to up those numbers. Those are going to pump those numbers. Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> it's OK. I'm, I've, I've come to terms with my stone skipping abilities. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, won't, I won't lose sleep over it. But um, yeah, I, I've never really witnessed it in person either. Short of like, uh, you know, just crazy shoppers like on Black Friday. You know, oh, totally. You know, running for them door buster deals. <laughs> As it were, I need the air fryers <laughs> to the point where that's why we need crowd control at, you know, retailers because of uh, human behavior. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. Totally. totally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've seen that, you know, like, I mean, I'm dating myself, but like, you know, parents going crazy over that last Cabbage Patch doll on the shelf, you know. Like, oh, it's for my kid, and it's my Turbo Man doll. <laughs> Turbo <and> Man doll. <laughs> those are my cookies. Yeah. <laughs> All that shit. I, I mean, I've seen that before, but um, it is crazy. I, I've never seen anybody lose their life over it, thank God. But um, it is it is pretty intense. Not gonna lie. I, you know, I take that back. I This is going to sound ridiculous, and I don't know <laughs> if I've told you this story before. Uh, I know I've shared it like on Geek Legacy, but uh, I was 18 years old. And I went to medieval times and I take that back. I was Red 19 going down. <laughs> down, down, down. <laughs> no, I was 18. Yeah. Cause uh, matrix had just come out and that was the spring of 99. So I hadn't turned, I hadn't turned 19 yet. And we mm. went to medieval times and, and went a park and totally wanted to sit with the fucking blue knight. And, <laughs> and I asked that we got this black and white knight, and he, and she's like, well, you're on the, like basically the 50 yard line. She's like, you really want to switch out for the blue night when when you could be on the 50-yard line? And I'm like, all right, you talked me into it. My fucking night was out in like the first round, and the blue night went on to win. I was so <laughs> mad, Zach. I was like livid. I mean, I didn't like, you know, I didn't wasn't a care a medieval Karen or anything like that. I just sat in my own sick in my seat. Like I knew I should have fucking went for the blue night. But while you're waiting for the show to start, there's a couple of things you can do. One of which is the Museum of Torture. And you walk through this exhibit and you see all the different ways that they used to kill you in medieval times. And some of them are pretty horrible, including being hung upside down. And then they have sort of a like a two man saw and they cut you from groin to face. Jesus and Christ. it's horrible. And you're like, who could do shit like this? Like, what kind of world are we living in? And then uh. I'm like, this is the worst place ever. And then the tournament starts and I'm sitting in my chair and out of nowhere, I'm just like, God. <laughs> and like i was 100 into this crowd and i'm like and i and i realized i totally had like a light bulb aha moment and i was like holy shit dude i literally have just transformed into one of these psychos in medieval times like oh, man. waiting for the execution to happen like going with my my fucking michael jackson thriller popcorn <laughs> watching the execution kind of thing and and it was nuts it oh, literally boy. i literally trans i mean yeah it's a fictional setting but out of nowhere i'm just like yeah rip it off. and it was crazy 
Now, would you like a refill on your Pepsi? <laughs> they didn't have <laughs> right. utensils, but they had Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I got a lot of tables. Oh, man. So, it like, was nuts. I mean, that reminds me. I think I think the closest thing I can think of for the mom mentality that I've seen in person is sporting events. So sports bring out the worst in people. It, it can also be the most amazing thing in the world. I love sports. But going to Seahawks games is Oh my God, man. I always have my guard up because there's a lot of alcohol involved. You get a lot of emotions. You get a lot of fake tough guys. It's just, there's so much that goes on. And I've seen, I see a fight almost every game I go to and it's, it's fucking ridiculous. So it's, it's just this idea of, you know, cause everyone is this heightened awareness and, and there's alcohol involved and, and yeah, it's the same kind of way you're like, kill him, you know, like punch him. It's, it's, it's crazy. So yes, I have seen those things in person, man. What is speaking of sports? What is it that the guy says inside the coffee shop and Zach and Mary make a porno? <laughs> he goes, he's like, did you guys watch the game? I was there. He's like, Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback, was like, huck it, chuck it, football. Chuck it, football. And then when Lester's having sex in the thing, he's like, huck it, chuck it, football. <laughs> so stupid. That's so funny, dude. I was trying so like yeah. I was watching the game yesterday or yeah. Sunday. And I'm just like, what does he fucking say <laughs> in that movie? Yeah. Because oh, I couldn't because I, I was just cracking up, dude. I was just like, fucking Pittsburgh. That it's movie's so funny. so funny. One of my favorite lines in that is when he goes, can I get a coffee? Black. He's like, can't you see me talking? White. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. yeah. Yeah. That movie's hilarious. Oh, jeez. Anyway, so back to the movie at hand. Uh, Lori Strode. You know, she wasn't in this movie very much. Are you okay with that? And how would you rate Jamie Lee Curtis's performance in in this film, <sighs> ooh, it was bad. You can say terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It, it, it was constructive. You know. Yeah, it was. It was bad. It, it's. Um, I, I wish we had more of her because it sucks. Like, I, I want to see the other characters flesh out a little more, but they just didn't do anything for me. Um, her knee or her granddaughter, like, I absolutely love her. I think she's beautiful. I really loved she her in the first. Yeah. What? Oh, the granddaughter. No, the yeah. granddaughter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Annie? Allison no, that's not Al- Yeah. A- I thought- Andy, Andy Medichak or something like yeah. that? Um, I thought both her, Judy Greer, and Jamie Lee Curtis were awesome in the first one because it was very much like a, a, a feminist film, I think. You know, they fought back. They're not helpless. They all had, had a role. And this one, it just kind of was all over the place. And... It, it, I didn't, I was not impressed with Judy Greer's performance. I was not impressed with, with Allison's performance. It just kind of fucking sucked. So... Um, I don't know. I wish they had more of Lori in this, but um, yeah, her performance was not very good. I wasn't mm-hmm. sold on any of it. So. It was very over the top. Oh my God, yeah. I, I felt like she didn't need to be that way. And she only had, I mean, I think she probably had, I need like a chess clock. She really only had like <laughs> 10 minutes of screen time. Maybe. You know, it was very brief. And like yeah. when she gave herself the shot, I was like, okay, calm down. <laughs> I know that was ridiculous. I'm like, okay, you, you're not a doctor. You just pumped yourself with some sort of narcotic yeah. that you have no idea what's going to do. CCs of saline. Yeah, yeah, you don't know what it's going to do to you. And she's like, do you know what that is? And she's like, ah, it kills the pain. Rob, rob, rob. Pain dies tonight. Yeah. She should have stabbed her eye or something. Like, That's not how you do it. You need a doctor. That's not right. <laughs> yeah, it's not right. It's like this. Oh my gosh. Okay, so. Uh, let's get back to, you mentioned them earlier, Tommy Doyle, Marion Chambers, Lindsay Wallace, and your boy, Lonnie Elam, uh, who I think you said you forgot his name, but the actor's name. Yeah. yeah it's Robert Longstreet. Is yeah. Name. He's great. He's fantastic in Midnight Mass. 
Yeah, so they ended uh, they ended up being throwaway characters. Personally, I feel like this is a 100% a missed opportunity. In fact, I wish that they were even in the first one, the 2018 one, just to kind of give them a little bit more screen time, let us get to know these characters and enjoy them for them to get murdered. You know, one of our biggest critiques of horror films is that we never really care about who gets killed. They're always just people, right? We follow the the kid, the slasher and not the victim. And it's really weird how they have that dynamic. But I'm just curious if you have the same take. Like, could they or should they have had bigger roles in the film? I 100% agree with you, Justin. I think that a cool thing to do, so like Scream, for example, when they kill Randy in the second one, we have already established he's a survivor, he's part of them, and that was a shocking death. You're like, holy shit, they can't kill Randy. So that was a huge missed opportunity in this movie, and that's what I meant by it felt rushed, because they're like, hey, remember these people? It was a very member berries moment, and then they just get killed in the stupidest way possible. Like, why are you running out to a swing set for these kids? Fuck those kids. Um, you know, they're going to be out causing pranks, whatever. I get what you're trying to do, but what are the chances that Michael's going to show up right behind you in the car? And it's it was it was so stupid. It made no sense. Um, I, I didn't feel like it enhanced the movie in any way, shape or form. But if they would have fleshed them out better, given them a, a bigger role, um, especially in the first one, then, yeah, I would have cared a lot more. But I 100 percent right. agree with you. This was a huge missed opportunity, in my opinion. 100%. I mean, you know, it was cool seeing Marion Chambers, you know, the the nurse. I thought that was neat. And then like Lindsay, uh, she survives. So out of the four of them, she's going to make it possibly into the next film. Again, there's that four year time jump. So who knows what her mental health <laughs> or well-being is going to be uh, four years from now. But um, I, I am sad that we didn't get to to experience these characters in a whole nother way. We got those little flashbacks of when they're kids to, to some degree, but like for the most part, it was just, uh, you know, 30 minutes of screen time max and over and done with. And that, yeah. that's unfortunate. If we, if we could have, if they could have been there for Lori in the first one to some degree and yeah. supportive and show that they're a community that helps each other. And they, and they, they've, they've had to deal with this pain for 40 years uh, and we see their daily routines and their life and what, you know, do they have, you know, the one guy, Lonnie, he's got a, he's got a son who's a bit of a D bag <laughs> yeah. and uh, he drives me crazy. I can't stand his son. And, um, <laughs> you know, it was just, it was just 100% a missed opportunity. And it, it kind of makes me sad, especially the three movies. They, they didn't all have to die minus, you know, Lindsay in this uh, one scene, basically, you know, it was all like, you know, within, they all die within like 30 minutes of each other. So mm -hmm. that's that's a bit much. And, you know, for for what Halloween H2O gets, the crap it gets. I actually really like that movie. But um, Nancy Stevens, who plays Marion, she's in Halloween H2O. Excuse me. And she reprises her role as the nurse. Right. And she dies in the first 15 minutes. But it's it, it feels better because you're like, oh, here's a, here's a good callback. Michael returns to her house and this makes sense. She's not just in there just to be in there. It just kind of makes sense and sets it up. It's like, oh, right. wow, he came back for her. Um, and this one just is all over the place. I, I think, you know, the, the lady who plays Lindsay, she's Kyle Richards. And she was actually in like Ex Escape to Witch Mountain and stuff. She was a, mm -hmm. um, a child actor. And I think she was in one of those Real Housewives shows. But um, or maybe Little House on the Prairie, something like that. Anyhow, but she was in um, the Real Housewives shows and she just was so flat and didn't do anything for me. It was a huge missed opportunity. And I had zero. I wasn't scared at all when she was getting chased through the through like the, the park. Why'd she stop running? 
Like Michael's not going to chase her fast. Like just keep going. It it was right. such a stupid idea. She was in the original Halloween too. She was. Yeah, I was a little kid. Was she the actual little kid? Yeah. Oh wow! Oh my god! You're right. Holy shit! I did not know that that was her. Okay, cool. Well, that makes it. I, I feel better about that a little bit. They still wasted that opportunity, but um, yeah, that's uh, that's such a bummer. Yeah, I was getting total like Lord of the Rings, like uh, <laughs> yeah. get off the road kind of moments. You know, I was I was getting a hunt for the wilder people. I was gonna be like, it's like we're Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny shit, dude. Yeah. I love that movie so I know. much. That's uh-uh, probably I'm the Terminator. My... You're like Sarah Connor before she can all do, do all those pull-ups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that movie was honestly like my favorite, like hidden gem that I had no idea existed. Yeah. And and my goodness, if if you haven't listened to the episode of <laughs> Hunt for the Will of the People, check it out. Watch the movie. It was. On, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but it was. And it's fucking amazing. Change your life. It's a very Ricky wholesome Becca. movie. Uh, Ricky, Ricky Becca. Becca. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, when I after we watched it, I went to work and told everybody in the office to watch it. I'm just like, hey, it's, it's a great little project you're working on. But have you seen Huff and Willoughby? It's so it's good, amazing. It's on Netflix. It's, Check it's it out. So funny. Oh my god, I love it so much. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a good one. Um, so, uh, moving on. What are some of your favorite kills from Michael Myers in the the history? Of the Halloween franchise, going back all the way to 1978, all the way through 2021. What are what are some of your favorite murders? Murder, you say? So I'll work from the beginning, but um, it's it's hard to beat the the very first opening kill where it's just a POV shot, and we have Michael as a, as a kid, you know, kill his sister. That sets up everything. That was a huge shock uh, to see that because you're like, holy shit, it's an eight year old boy who just killed his sister. So I think that was really incredible and important. Um, when Bob, the, the boyfriend with the glasses gets, he gets stabbed by Michael and stuck to the wall and Michael does yeah. the whole head tilt thing. That was that, pretty creepy. That dude looks like he's 32, by the way. I know. <laughs> he's not 17. <laughs> he looks like he should be in jail. So, <laughs> yeah. um, in Halloween two, when the nurse is, uh, trying to have sexy sex with somebody oh, and, and yeah. she gets boiled in the water. Yeah. That was she's all like gross. kissing his hand and stuff. And oh. then she looks up and she's like, Oh, you're not my boyfriend. <laughs> Your hand smells like shit. <laughs> right, right. It smells like murder. <laughs> that was uh, that was gross. I did not like that. He keeps like shoving her face down in there. And yeah, um, in Halloween five, actually, uh, there's a couple and I can't remember who they are, but they get pitchforked very much like a, a Friday the 13th kind of kill. But... Oh, yeah, yeah. And like the barn or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the boyfriend gets murdered with the pitchfork and then I think he grabs like a scythe or some shit. Yeah. And yep. Cuts her up. Exactly. It's uh, it's pretty gross. I didn't I didn't like that. I forgot all about that. I don't even know their names either. That's yeah. another thing. Back to back to the whole victim thing. So many people in these slasher movies. <laughs> I know. We have no idea what the fuck their names are. Well, and I think that's what bugs me is is like at least the, the cool formula for you know Friday the Thirteenth one through four is you know all the victims because you, mm. you get a little time with them. And in this one, you're like, who the fuck is this neighbor? Like, yeah, they have a funny moment. This Big John and Little John, I guess, but. Am I supposed to care about them? So I think you have to you have to balance the body count versus an, a cohesive story. And I feel like they just completely missed the mark because Halloween 2018 did a really good job of making this this cohesive story that was like, OK, I could see what they're doing here. Really loved the ending. I liked where they were going to go with it. Um, and then it just goes off the rails. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, whatever. Um but uh, back to the kills, too. So uh, Danny Trejo in the Rob Zombie Halloween. I really liked that kill. It's when he was like, I was good to you, Mikey. That one made me 
feel horrible for Danny Trejo, but also it was scary because it's like, this guy's a straight psychopath. It doesn't matter how nice you are to him. He can't be bought or reasoned with. I mean, he's, he's going to kill you. And so that was really terrifying. Um, and that Michael Myers was like a, a building. He's like he was, the largest he was man huge. ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was Tyler something, uh, Tyler Maine from, Tyler he played Durden. Sabretooth. He played Sabretooth in the 2000 X-Men film. Uh, he's a, he's a big dude. He is so, a monster. He's the one I that I think there's a behind the scenes thing where where he went through a wall to grab somebody. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, you weren't supposed to go through the wall, guy. <laughs> <laughs> there's a door right over there. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it. We'll keep it because you did it, kind of thing. He's also the guy that Joe Dirt fights, and he's like, you gonna finish that apple core? And he farts. He's like, you can finish that fart. You can have that. <laughs> he's the same guy, but yeah, he's, he's a monster. A, he's a big dude. Um, in the 2018 uh, Halloween, uh, when he smashes Dr. Sartain's head, he steps on his head. That was fucking gross and awesome oh, at the same yeah. time. That was disgusting. And then finally, when, uh, you know, that opening kill, when Aaron and Dana are killed and he drops the teeth. Um, oh, I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that was pretty disgusting and pretty disturbing. So, yeah, because that's one of the that's like a build up murder. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just he's there. It's it's he's lurk. You see the boots. You know, there's someone in the room with me. And and they're running. It's different when they're running as opposed to just turning around and they're there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why that's more scary. You know, in this one, when when the couple is getting murdered and the and the woman runs to the kitchen door and she's like frozen with fright. She was in the middle of like unlocking the door to leave. And then all of a sudden she just picks up a knife because she can't. Yeah. Relax. All of a sudden she's just paralyzed she yeah. literally can't move Ugh. he walks right up to her and stabs her with that light bolt that was fucking crazy <laughs> I, know, I thought it was gonna fill up with blood to be honest with you i thought that would have been kind of cool but Ugh. but um yeah that was disgusting but i remember one time my sister scared the fucking shit. i i am i don't get scared easily man and yeah. and my sister fucking got me so good like in an in a, in a honest to goodness far i got you good you fucker kind of moment <laughs> bar in the and, soap. Bar in soap. and <laughs> i was talking to my buddy tommy tommy sparrow we were right outside my house and he's on his bike and he, he's not sitting on he's standing next to it and my sister I, I have a hammer in my hand like i'm literally we're hanging up christmas lights me and my dad and he steps away for a second and then my sister has like this uh, this ski mask that she puts on and she has this blanket that has like a fucking <laughs> unicorn on them. It's not even like a scary blanket or anything. It's just like, it's a gray blanket that has like this white unicorn on it. And I don't see that of course, cause it's behind her, but she's draped on it. Like it's like a cape and she's wearing a ski mask and I turn around and she's just right there. And she's like, Whoa. Right. And <laughs> I literally scream bloody murder. I have the hammer. I'm like shaking it like I'm going to swing a bat kind of thing. And I have it raised up my head like, ah, like closing my eyes. I'm just screaming. And I, I'm paralyzed. Literally paralyzed. I was, gosh, if it was Tommy was my next one. I was 12 years old. I'll tell you that right now. I was 12 years old. So she would have been 16. She fucking got me so good, dude. <laughs> I have never been so scared in my life. And, was this Jennifer? Jennifer, yes. My oh. oldest sister. That's so Holy funny. shit, dude. And Tommy, Tommy leaps over. He doesn't get on his bike. He leaps over his bike and just runs. <laughs> Holy shit. Dude. Oh, she that's got awesome. So good. I will never forget that. That's that, awesome. That is literally the scaredest I've ever been in my entire life. That's With hilarious. A mask and a unicorn blanket. <laughs> I know what to get to you for Christmas. Right. So. <laughs> 
Remember the gator? I got his head. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, Um, man. You're a sick man, Chubbs. I know, right? Uh, Real quick from this movie, though, the one thing I will say, as much as I did not like this movie, I said it earlier, the kills were really awesome. And that firefighter kill scene was pretty badass where he comes out of the fire, like literally rising from the ashes and... He just has like a poker stick and he picks up weapons as he does it. And it's, it was kind of cool because these firefighters are gearing up to fight. I don't know why they didn't take their fucking masks off, but, you know, they're gearing up to fight and you're like, oh, shit. So that was pretty fun. Um, and there were some interesting choices with how he killed people. But overall, it, it was just over. It was too much. I was like, OK, whatever, whatever. So, yeah, mm. there were some fun ones, though, in this. You know, what's funny. OK, two things. One when the one fireman is thinks pretty smart and just puts the fire hose on him, like that yeah. would take down any normal human being, but it yeah. doesn't cause he's super strong, right? He's mm-hmm. super strong. He breaks rips heads off. He can, he could plow through doors, do whatever. Very strong man. But what's interesting is that when he's fighting the granddaughter, what's her name? Allison. Uh, yeah. Allison. Uh, he, she, he's coming down with a knife and she's stopping him. Yeah. That's, I'm that's like, what I mean. Wait a minute now. <laughs> That's what I mean. I don't. I don't get it. I don't. Yeah. I, don't I don't get what's going on. This guy can 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 lift a dump truck over his head, and now he can't stop this seventeen year old girl from from stopping him from stabbing her. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> maybe he's tired. Impure, impure. Yeah, that was lame. <laughs> uh, oh well, what can you do? Now we're almost done. Thank you for staying with us. I know this movie, this podcast has been more fun than the movie, I would argue. Yep. But um, <laughs> like The Exorcist. <laughs> right. I know, right? But at least we're staying on topic. Mine is yeah. medieval times and, and unicorns <laughs> and hammers. <laughs> but uh, are there any other horror franchises? I know you had your comments about the, the whole rebooting and retconning. But are there any other horror franchises that you would like to see rebooted? And would you prefer that they put a number on it? So we know that we have a beginning, middle, and an end like we are with Halloween. Um, or would you rather leave it open for, you know, another 10 films? You know, sky's the limit. So I actually really would like to see them do something with Leprechaun. I think that that is uh, some untapped resource uh, that they could do uh, pretty cool work with. Um, I re- I like that they made a sequel to Candyman. I still have not yet seen it. It's, it's, it's a sequel slash reboot sort of thing. So um we talked about this before making modern uh, remade for, for, you know, nowadays, like with evil dead, it just, it, it really works. So I would like something like that. And yeah, having, I think having the numbers on it would be a little bit better because then you at least kind of understand that they're going to continue on um, with it. It was interesting. Cause you know, we knew there was going to be a chapter two and that movie felt contained, but I still was going to see chapter two just cause the first one was so good. It wasn't like a, Hey, we made a bunch of money, so we're going to make a sequel. It's like we're planning on making it anyways, so you can still get get hyped up. And I think that that affects me a little bit. So probably mm-hmm. like Leprechaun. Um, I would love to see now that the whole snafu with the rights of Friday the 13th is like cleared up. Um, I would like to see a different uh, iteration of that or, or a sequel to the 2009 or 2008 version we got. Um, I thought that that was an awesome movie, and I would love to see it continued on. It's um, one of my favorite Friday the Thirteenth movies. Dude. I really, I really I, like I it. Really a lot. like the reboot. Yeah, I really like it a lot. His hillb- his hillbilly boo boo traps and all that kind of stuff. Ooh, I mean, we had we, that's another one we had an episode on, and it wasn't mm-hmm. that long ago. It was like in beginning of the summer or March or something. Yeah, I don't remember, but it it was a good one. That was, was a real good to one. talk about. Yeah, um, probably like. 
trying to think of like an obscure movie or something like that that I haven't seen in a, in a really long time. It would be fun if they could redo The Ring. I actually wasn't a huge fan of The Ring, um, but maybe more Japanese style, like hire on a, an actual Did Japanese director. Did you see director. the original Japanese one? The Ringu? Ringu or what? Yeah. I need to see it. David and I were talking about it yesterday on the Geek Garage podcast, and he really likes it a lot. And so mm-hmm. I need to I need to revisit that. But um, yeah, I you know, I, I think there are some... And I'm, those are probably just, you know, the 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 triple A villains that I can mm-hmm. think of. Um, they've already done a Chucky. They've already done a Child's Play. It was eh. um, and they've already done a Nightmare on Elm Street. I'd like to see more of those, but uh, we, we, I don't know what's going to happen with that. So we were we were. So I know how I mentioned Rowan Atkinson as, as Freddy. <laughs> Freddy. After we hung up, yeah, um, I totally, after we hung up, I was like, Gilbert Godfrey, he would have been an awesome one. Like, what's, what's with all this burning? You know, I hate the fire. <laughs> what? What? Bitch! <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, we were in the office the other day, just Gilbert Godfreying it up with Freddy, and it was so funny. That's awesome. Oh, man, because I was telling him about my missed opportunity. I was like, oh, my God, Gilbert Godfrey would have been awesome. It's fucking <laughs> Freddy Krueger. Oh, man. Oh, so, yeah. You know, it's interesting because like some of my picks, you know, would have been stuff that's already been remade, but it didn't really work out terribly well. Um, you know, you mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street and that, that is a tough one. That's a tough sell when you had such a uh, an iconic, uh, you know, uh, like um, Robert England, you know, the way his portrayal of Freddy was so good that, you know, it's not fair to any other human being to try and take on that role. It is it is. It's like a retired number, basically, in sports. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's at the point where it's just, it's not a good idea. You know, maybe like 100 years from now, when everyone that has ever cared about the character is long since gone and it can be redone. I think that's probably the only way that it'll ever work. I agree. Yeah, um, I agree, man. Which is crazy. But um, just, you know, we, we talked about Dr. Sleep not too long ago Ooh, uh, as a yeah. sequel to The Shining. And it, I think it's one of the best sequels ever like i don't mm-hmm. like uh, it, not just specifically horror films but it was uh, uh coming out of one of like the, the one of the most celebrated horror films of all time and to be able to make a sequel that was pretty goddamn good <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh that's that's a tough sell man and, and and he pulled it off and and that's that's your buddy that 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 made that movie mike flanagan yeah he's yeah. he knows how to tell a story he he's not afraid to and this is what midnight mass did and i implore everyone to watch it because it's it's absolutely phenomenal but he he very much goes for that shock value but it, he's not afraid to use it he uses it tastefully and i know that sounds weird but I mean, like in Doctor Sleep, there are some moments when you're like, holy shit, I can't believe yeah. he's doing this right now. That whole little boy being I can't, kidnapped. I hated I, it. Oh, I was That was one of the worst things I've ever seen. It really was. But you know what? Film. It fit. And, and it, it, it showed you how evil these these villains were. And you knew the stakes. And I thought Doctor Sleep was a, such a pleasant surprise because it's a longer film. The Shining's like one of my favorites of all time. And I'm like, I have trouble, you know, touching that. But they did a real good job of tying them together, the book and the film. So mm-hmm. speaking of book, um, have you seen Spiral from the Book of Saw by chance? It's not streaming on yet. stars. No, 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 no. I have not seen it yet. It's on HBO Max, I think, also. Um, OK, so yeah. it's on my it's on my list. But I do think it's interesting when there is a horror film that's some sort of weird spinoff. It's always like Book of something, <laughs> like like Blair Witch Book yeah, of Shadows, yeah. <laughs> the Book of Job, Book of Saw. I'm just like, I get it. Enough with the books. Um, yeah, it's it's on Shutter, um, AMC Plus, and that's it. Okay, wait, cool. No, 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 no. Sorry, that's a different spiral. Spiral out of control. There's a lot of spiral movies. Oh, there we go. The Book yeah. of Saw. 
Yeah, it's on Stars. Yeah, it's it's exclusively on Stars, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I saw it on my, show up on my feed. I added it to my stuff. Okay. Cool. Um, but yeah, I am I am kind of always curious with the with the reboots. Um, I, I'm okay whether they bring an original character back like they did with Halloween because it it doesn't always work, but if it can, sure, go for it. Um, but uh, I'm also okay with a brand new reboot and maybe an original character uh, or actor rather having a different role in the movie, like some sort of weird cameo or something. I think that's kind of cool too. Right. Totally. I agree. Um, but like, like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that was one that the 2003 or whatever reboot. Uh, love that movie. I oh, think it's agreed. so badass. hundred percent. Hills and, have eyes. Uh, Hills have eyes. Loved still it. one of my favorite horror movies ever. Daddy. I'm just like, ah, <laughs> so scary. <laughs> I know. I need um, to rewatch that too. And, and 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 that's another one. So, I mean, that was whatever, 2007, maybe. I don't remember when that came out. It was but like 2004 or something like that. Wasn't, wasn't that it? long ago? Oh, yeah, because I was living in. You're right. Yeah. I was living in my crappy apartment. Um, <laughs> my crappy camper slash apartment. Um, from, for all you Starsky and Hutch fans out there. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's the Ford Gran Torino. It's not some crappy camper 2006. slash apartment. 2006. 2006. Okay, so yeah. I had... Uh, but it was early in the year, right? Like a mm-hmm. like a spring. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was real early. Yeah, because I moved out in two thousand six. Uh, of that, it was like a tiny six hundred square foot apartment, mm-hmm. and it was hard <laughs> to live there. <laughs> and uh, my goodness. Anyway, uh, that movie, you know, I am I'm happy to celebrate any day of the week. I can watch it right now. And even though it's now what seventeen years old, yeah, uh, I am not ready to revisit that as a reboot, you know? Yeah, it held up really well. It's, it did. It was it scary did. as hell, especially for t- 2006. So, but I mean, the sequel sucked. So maybe if they just, you know, um, got rid of the sequel and just redid that, that would be kind of cool. But it was 2006, I, I, for yeah. some reason, I still had four in my head. So yeah, uh, 15 years later mm-hmm. and, and it's still, I'm not, I'm not ready for a sequel. Yeah, I can't or a reboot rather. I'm, it's just too much. Still too good. It was. Yeah. Oh, my God. The second one was terrible. But yeah, uh, first one. My goodness. 2006. Yeah. So 15 years. Either way, uh, it's going to be a while before I need a reboot on that. So, um, well, cool. I think I think that's pretty much all I had. What are your final thoughts uh, and your letter grade for Halloween Kills? So I did not like this movie. Um, I really tried my best i do not know this man <laughs> i do not know this man i am a horror fan um i really enjoy horror films immensely it's this is my favorite month everyone knows that and i am a halloween fan uh here's the thing it's not my property though uh halloween does not belong to me um it, do- it belongs to john carpenter it belongs to david gordon green it belongs to any other directors who've who- who've done this because this is their art and so it is very subjective, and so I will personally say I love the Halloween franchise. This movie in particular was not good. I liked the 2018 one a lot, um, and it's okay. If, if you love this movie, then then you're absolutely right to love it. You're, you have your reasons, and I have my reasons. So um, I'm never going to yuck someone's yum when it comes to horror films. But from my opinion, this movie had so many issues, so many missed opportunities. Um, and it just was, it was an eyesore. I was, I was watching, I was looking at my watch being like, when the fuck is this going to be over? Because it didn't do anything for me. So I didn't like it. I do want to rewatch it only because of the Easter eggs that Justin was talking about and showed me. I'm actually quite blown away by that. 
and it, it might actually make me even matter <laughs> knowing that Michael needs a, some, some ointment for his owies. Um, really weird. But uh, yeah, in terms of a letter grade, this is a, it, it's a D for me. I give it a D for disaster movie. <laughs> wow. Yeah. For D's nuts. <laughs> but, oh, man. Speaking of disaster movie, I want to see that Moonfall. How ridiculous I know. is that? I when, can't wait to see that fucking I know. movie. That was the first trailer when we saw No Time to Die. I, I was like, what is this movie? You're like, I want to see this. And I'm like, what is this? I've never seen it. I, it's Rennie Harlan, of course. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I get, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Roland Emmerich. Is it Roland Emmerich? I thought it was Rennie so. Harlan. I think oh. it's Roland Emmerich. Well, same thing. Same, same. <laughs> yeah. Well, did, did, and you, you know, Dune is the next Star Wars Lord of the Rings, right? <laughs> Right. Remember that quote that was like the yeah. next Star Wars Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, Dave saw it. Uh he enjoyed it. Dune? Yeah, it says beautiful. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he goes kind of to screen of it. But it's it's uh it's kind of a half of a movie. So it ends yeah. up like the halfway point of the Dune that you would know. Okay. Uh the what is it? Lynch? Is that who did it? Yeah, David Lynch. Uh, so yeah, there's that. All yeah. right. Well, uh, so I think I'm with you. I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than you did. Um, I would probably give it a C minus. Uh, I do think that it found a way to to spark a little bit of joy in my life, but uh, I really wish that it wasn't a cliffhanger ending and it was more of some sort of cohesive story. Um, that had a beginning, middle, and end, and and just because something is the middle of a trilogy doesn't mean it needs to be an incomplete story. I think that where a lot of people fall into that that um, that category, and it doesn't need to be that way. Absolutely, um, it's like if you read a a book, you know, there's a last page, and you know there is some sort of closure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't need to just be this. Oh no, black <laughs> kind of moment. And I, I think that the, I think you lose something. Mm-hmm. Why why would you want to frustrate your audience when when they could leave on a good feeling wanting more instead of on a bad feeling hoping that they want more? So, yeah, I don't know. That seems weird to me, but I, I agree. John Wick, you know, John Wick's a, a really good example. The second movie picks up right where the first one left off and it leaves on a cliffhanger and they did a really good job. And it's it's a good cliffhanger because that felt like a, a more contained story. Um, and right. that one wasn't all over the place. So. Right, he because he was able to get the revenge. He finished yep. his, he did his job, and he was able to get revenge for being betrayed. Mm-hmm. So his story, that story, has an ending, but there's a consequence yeah. to the ending of that story, totally. which leads into the next movie. So totally, totally, they they had their chance. They could have they could have fucking beat this guy down, and then went to go party at the Waffle House or something, and then you know maybe we got to go back and do something with that body, and then it's gone or something. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, but. Totally. Um, what can you do? Yeah. Go to the nearest internet and complain. But we do get <laughs> uh, Halloween ends, uh, I guess, a year from now. So there's that. And uh, again, it comes with a four-year time jump. So Whoa. we'll get to see uh, how things pan out. It's now, a lot. Uh, the, the young, what was her name? Allison? She's Allison, uh, yeah. She's an orphan now. <laughs> I know. She's got a broken uh, leg and all. Yeah. She's got to get that cast it up. Maybe she can borrow some of the band-aids and ointment from, oh boy. from Michael Myers. So uh, anyway, why don't you uh, go ahead and take us out. And thank you for joining for for, for humoring me on this uh, Spooktober, Zach. I know I got to pick all the movies and uh, I've never done that before. So thank you very much. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. 
So, um, <clears throat> well, thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at dbcrazypod, at edgyarmo, and at zachdale60, where you can share your thoughts with us and we will discuss them on our show. Uh, we have some suggestions on some other movies. I already forgot what it was called. It was like The Life of Beth or something like no, that. Billy Jean. Yeah, Billy Jean. Um, yeah. So that one sounds really interesting. It has a lot of good ratings, apparently. I've never heard of it, so I'm going in blind. Uh, but yeah, any suggestions like that are really great, and we love them. I did get a suggestion from a listener and a friend of mine, John. He's like, you got to do another Arnold movie, and I 100% agree. I want to do Total Recall. Or, I'm sorry, I want to do... Did that. No, I know. I want to do... Um, we never posted last action here, but oh. <laughs> I want to do a, a, a different Arnold movie and kind of just discuss, you know, the merits of it. But sure. Anyways, you know, neither here nor there. But um, we really appreciate you those. Got Conan. Yeah. You, you got, got Conan too. <laughs> <laughs> got True Lies. You got the True Lies. You got Twins. You got twins is incredible. Achilles goes to New York. You got Junior, <laughs> where he becomes pregnant. Um, yeah, we love the suggestions. Just please make sure they're streaming so it's a little more, it's easier for us. Um, yeah, yeah. I uh, I signed up for my own Peacock account. I'm a real real boy now. And uh, Peacock is pretty awesome. I was so down on it before, but holy buckets, they have a lot of content. WWE stuff, man. I know. I was pretty excited about that. So. Um, Wrestling. Please also be sure to check out the Geek Legacy podcast with David, Randy, and Justin. They just uh, had a really fun episode. They had a month-long hiatus because of all the shenanigans going on. But yeah, it was a fun episode where they talk about No Time to Die, and they talk about toys, and they talk about God knows what. Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? um, But anyways, yeah, just uh, please don't be crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much.